whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Somebody say the rest of it. He who loves me will be loved by my father and I also will. He who loves me will be loved by my father and also by him. I, I'm going to uh, turn it quickly over to you guys because I want to hear of your uh, experiences this week as you work through this. But this was the one where uh, John told you last week that I took a three-hour tour like Gilligan's Island. Once I read this, um, this part about God's about keeping God's commandments. And there was a throwaway comment somewhere in the, the material that said, Jesus gave us commandments. And obviously I thought of the big ones, right? Uh, a new command I give to you, love one another as my father's love. And uh, um, what are the greatest commandments? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart. So, but then I started going, I wonder what else he told us to do. Oh, my goodness. So this is page one. This is page two. And this is page three of all the things that Jesus told us to do. Um, because the memory verse, the one who has my commands and keeps them, is the one who loves me. So what else did he tell us to do? John 3, you must be born again. Matthew 7, and everything do to others what you would have them do to you. Mark chapter 11, when you pray, forgive. Ouch. John 15, abide in me. Abide in me. Remain in me. Uh, Matthew 5, uh, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden in the same way. What command? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your fathers in heaven. Uh, how about um, Matthew chapter 5? Settle matters quickly with your adversary. Do it while you're still with him. If you realize you have something against a brother, when you bring your gift to the altar, lay your gift on the altar and go make it right. I'm going, these are suggestions, right? These are, these are good ideas. No, they're commands. I, I, I want to go back to thou shalt not. I, I, I'm good with thou shalt not murder. I don't struggle with that one all that much. So, um, so let me let me turn it over to you. This week was about uh, the God's love and His invitation to us. What stuck out to you about the week? What what really blessed you about the week? And again, if if you're online and somebody in the room is speaking and you can't hear them, just wave at me and I'll tell them to to make sure that they speak up. So uh, the floor is yours. Someone. Read over. Um, it says if you. Have a problem setting aside time with a love problem. This one went a step further and said that same thing we can have that obedience is that falls under that same. Mm. Yeah. Also uh, indicates a love. So if it's not an obedience problem, it's a love, it's a love problem. problem. But they, that was 
the love was pointed out last week or the week before, so they just extended it and included obedience now mm. along with love. I actually wrote the words. Um, he he said them in sequence um, in on page uh, 77 in, in my book. I, I don't know if yours is the same. There's a paragraph that starts out with the word God's commands. And the um, it's a almost uh, the next to the last paragraph on the page. But I like the sequence. He said, you will not obey him if you do not believe him and trust him. You will not believe him if you do not love him. You cannot know him unless you... You cannot love him unless you know him. But if you really come to know God as he reveals himself to you, you will love him. I wrote uh, at the bottom of that paragraph, I just wrote with arrows, know God, love God, believe God, trust God, obey God. And, and he presented it, or at least I I read it as a sequence. And then I, I came to the conclusion that I didn't agree with Blackaby's basic premise of experiencing God. And I want to apologize for, for that. But, you know, he said early in the book to, uh, let's see, to know God's will for my life is the wrong question. To know God's will is the right question. And I corrected that in my book to say, to know God's will for my life is the wrong question. To know God's will is almost the right question. To know God is the right question. And, and that's what he's been doing with me. He's, he, I, I know a lot about God. I, I mean, I, I've spent 40 years studying the Bible. And I, you guys hear me on Wednesdays. I love to teach the Bible. But he's not telling me to know about it. He's telling me to know him. Someone else. In that same paragraph, actually, this is something that jumped out at me. The very first sentence, God's commands are designed to guide you to life's best. Uh, and, and it reminded me of my dog I had years ago, and we had a fence. And that fence served two purposes. It served the purpose of restraining the dog from getting any kind of trouble getting out, but it also provided protection. Uh, and my dog many times would just, I mean, fight that fence. It'd go under it, it'd go over. Sometimes I'd come home and it was actually stuck on the fence. Uh, it, it was kind of bad because he was always fighting against those boundaries. Uh, I remember, never forget one day it got outside that fence and it learned how much it wanted that fence when another dog said, ha ha, and went right after it and bowled him over. And I was trying to protect him with a shovel. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> hey, that's how I met my new neighbors. The, uh, you hit their dog with a shovel. <laughs> I was about to. I, I, was about I to. guess I mean, this was our more direct in a welcome wagon. <laughs> hey, um, I'm Gary. The yeah, so that verse reminded me that I mean, it seems like we get in a lot of trouble, or at least I do, when I push against those boundaries, when I push against that fence, uh, and I really get in trouble when I find myself outside of that fence. Uh, God's commands are designed to 
guide you to life's best. And that was the illustration that immediately came to mind. Back up over there on page 76, right under the, the number seven. It's sort of like it, Gary. He says, God's commands are expressions of his love. Yep. I understand that when it's my commands with my kids. I don't understand it as much when it's God's commands to me. Well, even like you say, Pastor Alan, that, you know, not killing, that's very easy, well, no? So with children ministry, with Miss Bridget asked, tell me sin, and children say, kill, you know, not to kill. And Miss Bridget said, no, sin that you will commit, you know. And they say, kill, and they think, you know, it's funny. So I explained to them, you know, you maybe have a point. You keep repeating, kill, kill, kill. So Jesus tells us, I tell you, you kill with your tongue, no? So I tell children, when you mean to somebody, you're basically killing their soul. Then you are mean to them, you're hurting them. And their eyes got big because, you know, it was serious. They were killing somebody, you know, with their tongue because Jesus tells us, you know, is a double-edged sword when you speak and using not kind words. Did you understand, Linka? You were online. She said that uh, the big commands are easy, right? Thou shalt not kill. But Jesus took that a step further to say that if we, if we, uh, we can kill with our tongue, we can kill with our our attitude. That if uh, he, he said if we are angry, then and that uh, she was talking about the that that sort of turned the light on with children because when you say what is sin, they automatically say kill. But when you explain that you can kill somebody with your words or you can kill somebody with your gossip or you can kill somebody with your uh, your lies, um, it, it brings it a little closer to home. I just wanted to add to what um, uh, Pastor Allen just said, life and death is in the tongue. So when we speak, we could either speak life or speak death. I want to ask you guys one of the questions that was asked um, in the uh, the the book on page seventy three. It said, uh, "Circle or underline words or phrases that describe ways you can direct your worship toward God through His name." Uh, I'd like for us just to, uh, as you as you see something, read it out loud, and and if you if you need to embellish it or, or explain it, do. But otherwise, just read the scripture that uh, that got your attention on that uh, that group of scriptures that are there. And you were online. Be sure you 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 jump in there too. We're we're under number one under day two where it says, read the scriptures below and on the next page, um, circle or underline words or phrases that describe ways you can direct your worship toward God uh, through his names. And uh, I, I, my favorite in the list is Psalm 8, how excellent, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Someone else. Oh, look, I said, I will praise you. You are my hope. You're my refuge. You're my protection. I rejoice in you. You're my light. Go ahead and give the address just in case they didn't get it online. Isn't it there? Uh, well, I don't know. Psalm 511. Psalm 511? That's what she was referring to. All right. 
Someone else. No, that was all. That was a bunch of them. You asked me what I circled and underlined. That's. Oh, anyway. I love it. Bow down before the Lord and honor his name. Psalm 86. Bow down before the Lord and honor his name. How about Psalm 80? I underlined under Psalm 86, 11, fear your name. <laughs> yeah, we, I, we, we throw away the word fear, uh, but uh, we, we are told to fear God. He, he's not our co-pilot. He's not our buddy. He's God. He's sovereign. He's, he's majestic. I have that same one except the word undivided mind was Ooh. the reason. I mean, there shouldn't be the self and this pride and all this humanness. Steve will, said he had the words undivided mind, uh, that that was uh, meaningful to him in that group. Psalm 910 jumps out to me at the very beginning of it. Those who know your name trusted you. Mm -hmm. And it carries with it this fact that God's name is knowable. He is knowable. He revealed himself to us. Uh, and those who know that name trusted him uh, because you have not abandoned those who seek you. So the fact that he is knowable and that he won't abandon, uh, it just is powerful to me. Somebody react to this sentence, still page 73. To call on someone's name is to seek their presence. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought about my grandson, Papa. If I'm not in the room with, where's Papa? And it's, it's to call on someone's name is to seek to be in their presence. Mm -hmm. And oh, I love that. I, I just, I, that, oh, that's sweet. All right, someone else. Psalm 8 1. It's worded a little bit differently than I learned it. It's uh, Lord, here it's Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. And when we're doing vacation Bible school, we teach the little kids, oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, the, the list that's, that's down the side of the page there. Let's just read it together. I'm going to read the first one. Nancy, you read the second one. Bill, you read the third one over there on the right-hand margin. Yeah, okay. Bless his name. Glory in his name. Rejoice in his name. Call on his name. Open his name. Remember, Remember the name. Remember his name. Declare his name. Tell his name. Speak his name. Fear his name. Lift up hands in his name. I'll go. Sing praise to his name. I love it. Give thanks to his name. Give thanks to his name. Love his name. Love his name. Sing Glorify. to his name. <laughs> go ahead. I love it. Praise his name. Trust his name. Uh, maybe... Go back and, and hit that in your quiet time. So even under page 72, when he asks us under number four, you know, what name speaking to you? How do you know God? Mm. 
I, I really enjoyed it too. And go back to the book that we studied before. I can see, you know, that I know more of his names now than I did 10 years ago. My friends are tired of hearing me say this, but when our children were growing up, we would do um, prayers and we started out with praise and then Thanksgiving. We didn't do supplication and then supplication. And it's very difficult to teach children praise. They want to say, thank you for my mama and daddy. Praise as we, and the Jews were so good about this in the Old Testament where they list his attributes. They remember what he did in the past. And it, it's such a faith builder, but it also helps us focus on who God is. And that was something that we really worked on them, that it's not, thank you for my mama and daddy, but I praise you for your majesty and your might. You're my shepherd, you're my keeper, you're my protector. You're my very present help in trouble, the attributes of God. And you can just go on and on and on. But Remember 268 and 269, you see all the different names and titles for yeah. uh, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Page 268 and 269 have the the long list of names for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, thanks. That's uh, it's a great reminder. It's your knowledge of who God is, and it's a faith builder, and it gives you courage in times of trouble. Well, if to call somebody's name is to seek their presence, then... It seems like all of those different names would be, I want to seek your presence as healer. I want to seek your presence as a life giver, as wisdom giver. I want to seek your presence as God, as the Holy Spirit, as counselor, as advocate. And, And if we, if I can learn to be honest enough in my prayers that I am able to say, God, this is an incredible aspect of who you are. And I appeal to that right now. I go to a doctor if I'm sick. I go to a lawyer if I'm in trouble legally. I go to a a plumber if my sink is leaking. And so I call the name of what matches my need. And 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 if I can know God better by calling the name that matches my need, Mm -hmm. the richness Someone online, Emily, was that you? Okay. Um, So later in the week, um, he probably got a little personal with me um, because as a pastor, knowing where God is working has um, a pretty broad consequence if i get it wrong <laughs> you know to 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 know where god is working and uh i i wrote in my book um father let me learn to discern the difference between a purpose you initiate and a project i initiate I'm telling you, then he said about if you get a word from the Lord, be careful that you don't become a false prophet. Right, because you only get one shot. Um, but there at the at the end of towards day five, he said there are things that only God can do. And I I think if if we're not pursuing things that only God can do, we're not really pursuing God. 
we're not there's yeah there are things that he he wants us to do in obedience and hopefully we've learned them i there's not a, a a great temptation for me to do really bad things anymore uh but but for me to believe in something that if god doesn't show up it's gonna fail we experienced that here in the church with project main street we ex- have uh, experienced it with healing and uh, cancer that, that shouldn't have been healed. Um, Richard, I'm I'm not going to embarrass you, but uh, Richard, I talked last week about our stories and and how how there are just things that show up where if God's not in that, it's not happening. And sometimes I'm guilty of forgetting things in the past that only God could have done and I get over them. Um, someone else. Just again, the Bible verse you mentioned earlier, John 5, 15, if you abide in me, you can do anything. Apart abide from in me. me, ask anything yeah. in my father's name. But also I was thinking about you when you mentioned, how do you know how God is working? And I was thinking about it through the week. And I say, sometimes God working and we don't see it right away, which I experienced like last year, year ago, God tell us, you know, you guys going to move. And we don't know where because the prices were all the same. Yeah. And my husband told him, going to make the arrangement with the apartment and he's going to be where we're going to stay. And I was like, okay. And then I woke up one day and God told me, you're moving. And I told my husband, we're going to move. And he's like... <laughs> Yes, but where? I said, I don't know, but God told my feel it, we're going to move. So I pack all the stuff we don't use every day. I was packing. He's like, what are you doing? I said, well, God tells us we're going to move, and I believe it. So we don't know where we're going to go. Packing. But I have boxes. <laughs> I have boxes ready. We don't know. We didn't arrange the you know, new, new leasing. But where I'm going with this, we don't know God's plan then. If we did not move, our, our son had not been done with the Christian school. Because it will be same place, same school. Mm-hmm. But he got us out of there that Gordon can be in Christian school and grow in his faith. I don't know if you all understood what Link was saying. Uh, she said that she had a distinct impression from God that he was telling them to move from the house where they were to an apartment, to a new apartment. And uh, so she started packing. And her husband said, what are you doing? And she said, God said, we're going to move. He said, but where? She said, I don't know, but you got to pack to move. So, uh, and that that unlocked her son's ability to get into a school that was beneficial to him rather than uh, a toxic environment that he was in before. So to God be the glory. Um, let me, let me ask you to respond to one more statement and then we'll move on into Hebrews. Page uh, 85, uh, pretty much the next to the last page. Um, he made the statement that I labeled as a hard prayer when he said, we want God to bless us, not work through us. We want God to bless us, not work through us. Respond. I don't get that. Who did not want? God to work through us and allow him to experience. What if he tells you to quit your job? I'm going to quit my job. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Say it again, Richard. Be careful doing that. <laughs> Take a time off of work because, you know, I'll say, you know, my life's not a mess. It was four years ago, but right now it's a mess because I thought I was supposed to take time off and I, you know, swimming in it right now. So you obeyed God and he, he hasn't told you yet. I I don't know if I, I don't know if that's what I was supposed to do, but I thought I was supposed to take a break. He honors our obedience. I mean, Richard, if you thought. I didn't mean to speak, sorry. No, no, if you thought, if any of you think that we have an impression from God, one of the things Blackaby said earlier is that if we if we start uh, sort of giving God a way out, well, God, I'll get that eventually, or, or you were probably just telling me to, well, maybe you were just saying, and when we start sort of giving God uh, uh, an escape hatch, because he told us to do something, and uh, it's it's hard to believe that uh, that we can. I it's hard for me to believe that I have the courage to do what God told me to do. And I've said before, God God told me that it was time for someone else to leave the church, mm-hmm. and I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, it's it's an adventure. I, I'd, I've got gas left in the tank. I know that He has ministry for me. I just don't know what it is. And uh, I'm like, Richard, I'm terrified of what happens next. But it's what he told me to do. And if we look at the seven realities, I mean, I wish it were a little bit simpler. But early on, step three, you know, we're aware of this. But then we're not adjusting our life. He's going to speak to us in all those ways. Then we're going to have this crisis of faith and move past this. And then finally, we adjust our life. So I think we have to be aware and step through it. Exactly. Well, I hope it was as rich for you guys as it was for me. Um, if you don't mind, turn Good to day. chapter 11. Go ahead, Sylvan. It. It, that's where I, I'm just want to back up what you're saying, just as an encouragement, if it will help us. That's where our faith comes in. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I, I'm not sure if that helps any, but Hebrews that's the thought. 11 that. 1. Hebrews 11 1. 